Welcome to the Mind Body Business Podcast. Have you ever considered your superpower? If you had one gift to leave with humanity, what would that be? We believe that everyone possesses a superpower. This is your value proposition, your je ne sais quoi to help make a tangible difference in the world. Each week, our show explores these superpowers with tantalizing thought seeds germinating only from the power of collective thought. We invite you to join us for one hour each week and listen in as we dispense superpower knowledge from great people doing greater things. Hey, welcome back to Mind Body Business. I am Devo, sitting next to my partner in crime, Lisa Staff, who always has to drop her last name and mm-hmm. her first name, even though everyone mm-hmm. on the planet knows who you are. By nobody now. knows who I am. So my mom barely knows <laughs> or recognizes me. Your mom knows me really well. So, oh wait, did that come out that loud? I wasn't supposed to. All right. So today, for today's podcast, we are we don't have a guest. So as a as is per usual our normal cadence, we decided to jump on and talk about a couple of things that are near and dear to our heart. And it all was preceded by a quote I was reading from a fantastic book by an author named Nick Egan, who's going to be on the podcast. Oh, in a I few love weeks. that. And the, the cool thing about Nick is one day I, I told you, I called you on the phone. I was like, hey, I just got this package that arrived in the mail and I opened it up and it was this book. It was called Shift, and this is the second time I've referenced this book on a podcast. If that you've had, been loving it, it had that. Well, it's become my morning meditation book that I read, and I've been reading it for a few weeks now because there's so many gems and nuggets in there, pearls of wisdom. So if you haven't, this is not a shout out for. Um, I don't get promoted. To we say have this. no affiliate links. Nothing. I love the book so much that I invited him on the podcast, but it's called Shift. It's by Nick Egan, and he has a quote in there, and I think I'm getting this right. Um, it came from Marcus Aurelius, who is a Stoic philosopher from the ancient days and one of my favorite uh, Stoic authors of all time. But he says that something is difficult is just one more reason we should do it. And so we started talking about that quote, and we thought we'd do a podcast on it. Mm, so is life difficult? Life is extremely difficult. Should we do those difficult things? Every single time. Mm. Life is difficult on purpose. Because mm-hmm. if life wasn't difficult, if life was easy, there would be no reason for us to continue propagating and pursuing the things that we want to pursue because we'd already have them in our hands. Mm-hmm. It'd be dull and boring. Are you afraid of stagnating in your life and not having a purpose? I think by the very essence of that question, it, it's not necessarily a question of, am I afraid? It's a question of, I'm a truth seeker and I'm always trying to find out what else there is. And, and that sort of sounds like I'm... Da, 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 da. <laughs> no, that sort of sounds like I am attaching to an outcome and never sated. And I guess there, that's one way of looking at it, but I'm persistently hungry to learn and to explore all the different avenues of my own potential. So it's not that I'm unsated or unsatisfied. I just want to continue to push the bubble. Do you feel happiest when you feel like you have a purpose? I feel happiest when I have a purpose and I have set out to accomplish that purpose. And in one way or another, I've gotten as close as I possibly can to achieving whatever that purpose was. Because if I didn't have that purpose to begin with, I would just sort of wallow and and aimlessly meander through life. And that's the whole point of having a purpose. I think sometimes on that truck to find that purpose, we find a different purpose or we learn different things, different strengths. So let's talk a little bit. Whoa, pause there because that's a beautiful statement. Say that again. I don't know what I said. I don't even listen to myself. You said, yes, you do. You don't give yourself enough credit. Say that again, please. 
You said <laughs> she really did go dark. <laughs> you said, Retention you, of a gnat. You said that yeah. as as we define what a purpose is, yeah. along that journey, we uncover a bunch of other potential purposes because along the way, so many other opportunities might have unfolded, and that's the and very strength. Yeah, and that's the very very point of having a purpose around stuff because if you set a metric to achieve something and focus on achieving that metric and really get involved in the journey along the way as you as you head towards that end game whatever that end game is in the process there are so many other things that are uncovered that you hadn't potentially considered and had you stayed in your comfort zone had you stayed in your latent activity whatever that may be those multiple opportunities that presented themselves along that journey would have never occurred in the first place. Mm -hmm. And I think we sit in our comfort zone a lot. I'm not saying that there's anything wrong with things being easy, but I think sometimes they're easy because we've already gone to that difficult place, learned it, and it's become easy. Mm -hmm. We weren't born and everything was easy. So a lot of those things when we were talking about how when something's easy, we don't always have the best outcome from it. So there's a lot of easy things that we do in our life that don't really have satisfying results. Like, I'm sorry, but it's, it's easy to love me. Is it? It's very easy to love you. But you don't always get satisfying results. It's easy to love you. <laughs> Sometimes it's difficult too. It's easy to love you except for when you get really mad at me. Um, there's other things that are easy. Um, and I'm going to list some, I think you should list some too. Before you go into that, can I, there's a, and I always forget his first name, I think it's Albert Maslow. He's a psychotherapist, psychologist. He, Someone he, you're seeing? I wish. <laughs> Have you read any Maslow before? I don't read. Okay, I know you don't. But you do, liar. So he talked about um, civilization and how humans have created civilizations to give themselves security. So we used to run around in these indigenous tribes and we were hunters and gatherers and most people were sort of by themselves doing their own thing, right? And then whatever version of humans that they were started co-creating together and populating together around campfires and all that sort of stuff. And then, and so we created civilization for strength in numbers and, but for what purpose is he goes on to say, because once we've had, sorry, the conundrum with having security and I'm paraphrasing the conundrum with having security is that you become comfortable. So we've created security to have strength in numbers and to, to collectively do something, right? But at the same time, you run that risk of becoming sated and comfortable and no longer push the boundaries of exploration because you're sort of falling into this comfort zone. And okay. It, so it, he, so he, he goes on to say is that in order for us to continue to grow, whether we're as individuals or as a collective group, we have to continually find new challenges, Otherwise, we just sort of fall into a pattern of comfort and, and zero growth. You've you've kind of created a picture in my mind, like almost a movie picture of like letting your guard down. And that's when the invaders come and yeah. pillage and take over your castle. Yeah. So that's a good question because it's a fine line between it's a fine line between finding m mindfulness around just being comfortable where you are, but simultaneously continuing to grow. So what's that? What is that fine line? I don't know. I think we're balancing and trying to figure that out all the time because, you know, we do need to make that space to be at ease. And sometimes those spaces where we're, where we're at ease, whether you're doing a morning routine and meditating and taking a walk and all doing all those things, bring the clarity that you do need. 
but we still need to do those difficult things. And we were talking, we were just joking around about some things that are really easy for us to do, but don't really satisfy us. And I think there's things that we do in our life that just like, it becomes routine and it's, it's easy, but it's, it's not pushing us further. Like I'm a bit of a chocoholic, so I do eat a lot of chocolate sometimes and do some emotional eating, but there's no satisfaction after there's no growth or anything Mm -hmm. sitting down, binge watching Netflix. Um, Mm -hmm. I'm sure you don't do anything that's easy. So you've, you've, you've found these patterns of comfort in your life. You have a nice, beautiful home, beautiful backyard. You have a modicum of success in your business. How do you, how do you balance? that newfound leisure, if you will, that newfound security and comfort that you have, that you're living in this life today and still find ways to continue to grow and evolve. And I think that is the ultimate paradigm Mm -hmm. and the ultimate purpose of us being here Mm -hmm. as humans or whatever our role is right now is, is how do you continue to grow as a person and evolve? And we think, or at least I think the point of this podcast is, is that you have to perpetually find new ways to challenge yourself not so that you can achieve something necessarily per se in, in the sense of becoming the greatest in a competitive sense, but in the sense of having to achieve something so that you can perpetually become a better version of yourself every single day. And that's the difference. We, we're not challenging ourselves to become the best over other people. We're challenging ourselves to become better, to become the best version of ourselves. And in so doing, we make those around us better. Absolutely. I think what you're saying too, you know, we need to find the the balance and that's a horrible word to use because there's no perfect balance, but between finding those spaces in our lives that we, we, um, we feed ourselves so that we have the energy to inspire ourselves, but we need to constantly be doing an inventory as well. And when you're saying, you know, you're, you're propelling yourselves forward, that creates that dynamic of, of interesting conversation, investigating things, exploring things. The, the adventure of being an explorer is, is kind of a big deal and not, not, satisfying yourself and just being content with things that you're not really content with. There's nothing wrong with being content, but are you just kind of giving up? Are you just saying this is enough that, you know, I don't need more. I don't deserve more. You know, what's that? We're, we're perpetual learners. We should be. Mm -hmm. Well, I don't think there's anything wrong with being content. I think there's being content with each level of your growth. And there's a difference. There's a difference between being placid and, and idle. And it's not the same thing as being content. So uh, mm-hmm. I don't know who said this, but I read this once before, or maybe I just made it up. But when, when you take on these challenges of self-discovery, as you just said, or these explorations to become a better version of yourself every day, it's not that things necessarily get easier for you. It's that you become stronger. Mm-hmm. And in so doing all the obstacles that you've overcome to continually become a better version of yourself, those build strengths and resilience and Mm self-confidence so that you can take on more challenges. Mm -hmm. And so there's a lot of reasons why we want to continue to challenge ourselves. Uh, For me, the most important one is that we grow as a person as we Mm -hmm. challenge ourselves. We Mm -hmm. continue to grow as a person. And as you grow as a person, all of those people, whether you're a father or you're a mother or you're a business owner, you become sort of a beacon of inspiration for others around you in your own little way. And I'm not saying that we're, you're a catalyst and other people are a catalyst to you. You want to surround yourselves with those those people. That's a brilliant point. So it's not just us doing this. 
we, we're not putting ourselves in an island in a silo and saying, hey, look at me. I'm no. growing and expanding. We're, we're putting ourselves in a situation that, and that forces us to become a better version. But the cool thing about it is when you do that, there are other people who are also doing the exact same thing and likes attract like, and you sort of start of, you sort of begin to coagulate around each other. Mm-hmm. I think as well that we sometimes get on that hamster wheel and we're continuously doing the same thing. And that boredom breeds boredom breeds negativity. And I think it's at that point that we see ourselves complaining and talking about the same things and maybe saying negative things that whether it's about yourself or other people, you stay in relationships that are no longer conducive to, to making you happier or, you know, whether it's a personal relationship or a business relationship, because it's safe and it's, it's easier and it's not as difficult as stepping outside of that. And we, we kind of damn ourselves that way. We start our growth by staying in easy, don't we? Yeah. And, and, and easy isn't the point. I think uh, that's, I think that's what we're trying to say is, is by taking the road less traveled and you can throw as many cliches as you want at this by taking the road less traveled, by taking the more adventurous route, by choosing to explore. We just talked about it. You grow as a human and in Mm -hmm. so doing you surround yourself with people that are also doing the same thing, but you also tend to become a better person because if you think about what you just said, that, that life that you were living before where you were a member of a church for 30 years, you were sort of backseat to your ex-husband, you just kind of floated through life, right? You were unnoticed, you were unfulfilled, and by stepping outside of that particular paradigm, you allowed yourself to be exposed to more challenging things in life, mm-hmm. and by taking those on, you became a better person by accomplishing those things, and in that process, you ended up making a a boatload of additional opportunities, a, a new and honestly, a new group of friends and social Absolutely. circle. Absolutely. Sometimes you uh, it's not outgrow your friends, but you realize those friends are, are not the ride or die friends that you need that push you and, and mm-hmm. celebrate you and do mm-hmm. all those things. But that's in business and personal, isn't it? We, we've been pushing ourselves with our business and I'm not like, Oh, we're the best. But we could have stayed content with what we were doing and we're pushing ourselves to do other things that we're really excited about. And it yeah. brings a new sense of adventure to your life, doesn't it? Yeah. Like you're, you're anxiously engaged in what you're doing. Yeah, you do. You, you, you're, you're engaged. You're excited. You're more willing to show up. Um, I, I'd like to use you and your daughter as a good example of all of that. So, you know, your daughter Olivia is now um, living with us for a few months while she's in a fantastic opportunity in Charlotte for an internship. And she, in every situation that I've been exposed to around her with her interactions with her new internship and the, and the people that she's engaging with, she's sort of standing out. I think mm-hmm. I heard you saying a message last night that she you know, was having a conversation with the CEO of the entire company last night and made an obvious impression on him or her. I don't know if it was a female or male, but nonetheless, anything good comes from me. Okay. Just well, this is no. where I'm going. So, <laughs> you know, there's a, there's probably an argument to be made that you have modeled for her in, in a positive way by doing all the things that you're doing and, and you've sort of become an inspiration, I think for her and for all the things that you've done with your life now in the last few years, especially those formative years of you doing these things have now rubbed off on her. I would, I, I think, and at some of the things that she's doing now, because she isn't staying sated. She had an opportunity to kind of take the easy road 
and follow a boyfriend, for example, and she didn't. She chose to take the more challenging road, which was go out on her own, leave the boyfriend, let him do his thing, and now she's focusing on the things that she's doing. And in the process, she's grown as a person. She's standing out. She's facing challenges. She's building self-confidence. She's making a new circle of, of, of connections and everywhere mm-hmm. she goes. And, and, and in every situation, she's, she's becoming a healthier, more vibrant, more focused, more deliberate more purposeful person. And, and that is in every situation is a good thing, isn't mm-hmm. it? She's getting uncomfortable or comfortable with being uncomfortable. We can't always be comfy. We sometimes need to step out and she's pushing herself as we all should. And maybe she's, she's learned a couple of things from me and it could be good and it could be bad. You know, like from my example, maybe she's going and learning and saying, I see what she's gone through. I'm not going to make that mistake. And I've done that with, with looking at my mom and things like that. I love my mom and everything, but you sometimes you, you learn from other people's uh, stories as well. Um, we were talking before as well, a little bit about um, having the fortitude to become a disruptor. Mm-hmm. What are you is doing? that a question or is that yeah, a statement? Like I, I, I like that in a, in a positive way, like not, not going with the flow all the time. Sometimes, so sometimes piece about- of people around you passively, try to keep you in the same box well let's first define what disruptor is because when you first hear it it has sort of a negative connotation doesn't it i feel it? like you were a disruptor when you were a kid at school i've been a disruptor since the day i was mm-hmm. born and I, and I i used to think it was a bad thing and in fact interestingly enough i was told that it was a bad thing and my father told me it was a bad thing he's like why do you always have to go against the grain why do you always have to disagree with the with the status quo why do you and and my thought at the time think of people throughout history that have disagreed and been disruptors and done amazing things in the people that we celebrate honestly well yeah we celebrate them after the fact so hopefully, <laughs> so hopefully so. nobody talked to them and they were tarred and feathered when they were alive but so hopefully you guys <laughs> let's are glorify cele- them now so hopefully you're celebrating my disruptions now i think there's a fine line between good disruption and bad disruption i think that you can be a you can be an asshole disruptor and just constantly looking at the glass half empty half full i always get those two confused because empty Bad. So you can be a disruptor by everything that you do is there's a negative connotation to it. And you're always like downward face Sally and, or you can be a disruptor, which is in, in, which is from my perspective, a positive asset because you take a look at the situation or you take a look at the experience or you take a look at the status quo or you st- you take a look at the way things have always been done. And you say to yourself, how can I do process improvement around this? How can I take this situation and make it a little bit more efficient? Or how can I take this situation and make it a little more purposeful for me? Or how can I take this situation and make this, make this considerably better than what I've been given? And, and so becoming a productive disruptor is in my opinion, it's, it's a, it's an asset for anybody who can take a look at a situation and, and try to materialize something more productive around it. Can I talk a little bit about what you saying, talking about that and talk a little bit about our business because let's talk about our photography and let's talk about being a disruptor as well for, um, sprout just because those are examples that we can use. Okay. Um, you can ask me some questions. Is that what you're doing? Well, we had talked about with photography, how we become a disruptor and people, people generally not so much with you, but with me, they sometimes, if there's a deadline for a magazine and I'm, I need to shoot something, they totally ghost me because people are uncomfortable with getting their pictures taken. A lot of the times they have a certain idea of what it's going to be and they avoid it. And we've had, um, someone that we've shot recently, very recently that was 
a little bit anxious. It was a difficult thing for them to do photos. And you said at some point they were thinking of possibly canceling on us. Well, let's not just say you, that. Let, let me just say, you can't quit us. You can't quit us. You can't hide from us. You can't ghost us. So I, I guess what you're asking me, and we'll just say it, um, we, we had a client come into, into town two weeks ago, and she's listening to this, so we're just going to say who it is. No, don't say who it is. Let's... Okay, fine. So we had a client come in a couple of weeks ago, um, and we have been speaking for over a year about doing something of this nature. She has worked with a bunch of different photographers and content creators over the last few years, but never really, in her words, they never really understood her or got her. And, and she was never been happy with the content. And so, um, she's, she and I have been engaged and now you are engaged with her, uh, for, for a considerable amount of time. And how she, many women are you engaged with? So she decided to come down to Charlotte and work with us. And prior to that, there was a lot of anxiety that she had built up around this because she, she, she doesn't, I don't, I don't think that it, she doesn't like having her, her, she doesn't like being the center of attention. Um, that's, she's, she's she, a badass, so good at what she does. So strong, so, um, intuitive. She's like incredible at what she does. And I think we sometimes assume that that should, that should flow into every asset of every part of someone's life. And it doesn't always flow into photography. People don't. Well, it's not just photography. Like I was saying, she doesn't like being the center of attention. So she, she had some doubts around this and because she'd had, she had, because she'd had unproductive experiences in the past, coming down and doing this again was just like, I have to do this one more time and it's just going to have the same outcome. But for whatever reason, she trusted her gut and she came down and it turned out to be for both of us, we'll use the word disrupting. It was a disrupt. It was a disruption from the status quo of what she expected working with us and the disruption of the status quo of my experience with her because I'd only ever interact with her virtually. And so being in the space with her in a physical realm allowed me and you to, to sort of dive. It sort of allowed us to dive into who she is, which is what we do best. It was like a huge trust fall. Yeah. That's a great way to put it. And, and in the process, we both grew as, as humans. We all grew as humans together. We became closer as a, as a tribe. Um, we created brilliant content for her. She, saw herself in a new light because of what, because of how we saw her. And, and the whole point of what your question was is the whole construct of what it was before this experience happened was a disruption and everybody grew because of it, mm -hmm. because we all stepped into the challenge of working with her, her, her getting photographed. And, and so the whole point of this is had she stayed behind and canceled the shoot, had we not agreed to take this project on with her, none of us would have been able to explore the mm -hmm. opportunity that presented itself by doing so. It's, it's like what you keep saying, one plus one equals three. It ended up being larger and more impactful than any of us could have imagined. Mm -hmm. And I think sometimes things that like to us seem very obvious to the person that it's difficult for, it's, it's, or a challenge for, it's just not obvious. Like you need to have that patience to, to help. If you have friends and you're, you're their accountability person, mm -hmm. help them, help them see what's obvious to you. Mm -hmm. Well, sometimes we can't see the forest for the trees because we, we were stuck inside our own jar. And so by, by surrounding yourself with other people who are, who are maybe unconsciously accountability partners, mm -hmm. let me back up. 
by trying to pursue bigger and better things for yourself mm-hmm. to become a better version of yourself, you end up, as I talked about earlier, you end up sort of changing the pathway of your life mm-hmm. and that pathway that you, that you're now channeling on, it starts to surround itself with more opportunities that are more beneficial and in an alignment with what your ultimate purpose is. And at the same time, the same types of people that are hungry for life and truth seekers and zestful mm-hmm. and all those things, they also start to populate. And what happens is going back to the original statement we made, yeah, we come together for security, but it's a different type of security. Mm-hmm. It's, it's a, it's a, it's a collective consciousness of people that you're now surrounding yourself with unconsciously and consciously that help you become a better version of yourself as well. And because everybody sort of tends to become your own personal accountability partners and vice versa. Yeah. I found in the last four years by doing that, by getting uncomfortable, by stepping into the difficult that's happened in both of our businesses and in Sprout as well, we're like, I'm constantly overwhelmed by the amazing people that we're able to help to work with, to create for, to be a team member for like, there's so many instances with, um, creating brand strategies. Clients that we have are doing the same thing over and over again and not re- not getting the results that they're hoping for. And they need some sort of disruption and to go into that maybe uncomfortable place to reorganize, to figure out what their superpowers are and the best way to, to translate that and articulate that to, their clients and their new potential clients. Yeah, that that's a great point. But the other piece of that for, for us is, and for everybody is that because we started it, because we stepped out of our comfort zone, we were both had successful businesses. There was no reason we needed to change anything per se, but we decided to launch a third brand together, mm-hmm. which combined the strengths and, and, and value of both of our individual brands. And had we not done that, A, we wouldn't be where we are today, but B, what it also did sort of inherently, which is driving the same point I've been making again, is that because we stepped into that challenging space, because we chose to grow and evolve, because we chose to become a better version of ourselves by launching this new brand, what it's done, for me at least, is it started to really attract a much more purposeful and more aligned type of client that I really want to work with on on both of our businesses, so with Fusion, you know, many years ago, I was just taking anybody who wanted to pay me mm-hmm. a couple of dollars mm-hmm. and, and I wasn't satisfied with that. And, and now the type of business that I'm getting is per- purposefully and perfectly aligned with the type of people that I want to work with. And so that couldn't have happened had I not stepped into this new space that I'm in. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. What I'm trying to say. And that's it, it, not to say that we don't sometimes have to eat shit sandwiches. It's not always like rainbows and unicorns and everything like that. But for the most part, it's directing us where we want to be. And when everyone's talking about being burnt out and everything, it's yes, it doesn't mean that you're not working hard, but you're working on the things that you find fulfilling and give you purpose. And that's, that's what the difference is between putting the exact amount of same, same hours in, but doing it in a way that's much more fulfilling. Absolutely. I think ultimately the, the takeaway for everything that we're, we've been talking about is, is by, and I open it up with that. Something is difficult is just one more reason we should do it. Ultimately what happens is we end up becoming more fulfilled and live living happier lives because while it is a lot of difficulties that are involved in it, running a business is difficult. Running a family is difficult. Being a single mother is difficult and combine all of those things. And it's, it's the swill of a perfect storm. 
but because all of them are sort of things that we enjoy doing because we have been very purposeful about it, including our, how we raise our children and, and how we run our business and the type of people that we're dating and, and partnering with, you tend to take on a rosier outlook of life and more inspired because you're accomplishing things that you actually want to be doing. Mm -hmm. And what happens is you just become a happier version of yourself. Mm -hmm. And that can't be a bad thing because that rubs off on all sorts of different levels of your life, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I think we need to be much more purposeful about what we say no to and what we say yes to. I don't disagree with that at all. So uh, give me an example of some things that make you uncomfortable. There are... I, I don't know what you're asking. Keep asking the question. I don't really understand. What makes me uncomfortable? What makes you uncomfortable? Um, negative people. I thought you were going to say naked people. <laughs> Negativity makes me uncomfortable. Yeah. yeah. I, I, I have a hard time being around people who are always looking for the fault in everything. It, it's, mm -hmm. it's, they're difficult to be around. I call them energy vampires. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. What about you? I have a hard time taking a compliment. Yeah, I know. What do you think? There, should we get some Maslow out and talk a little bit about that? Because we can go into that. Your id and your ego and all those different things. Should we break that down a little bit? No, further? but I think... I think No. <laughs> you don't want to go there. It's scary. Um, I think we need to become... Do the difficult thing. Because if it's, if it's something like that... Here, here's me doing some self-therapy. We need to be comfortable with what some of our strengths are and own them and then utilize them. I, that's a great, that's a great encapsulation of it because what happens when you do that is you, you become inspired. I talked about becoming happier when you're happier, you become healthier. When you're healthier, you have more longevity, which enables you to do the things more at a, at, for a greater duration of time. I think if I, if I may, um, I have a quote that, uh, that I wrote down here that, that sort of applies to this. And it's from a second century philosopher, Richard Taylor, um, and it was in a book that he wrote called Restoring Pride and, and, and sort of a play on words. But he, he talks about how the passivity of people sort of is going to be the downfall of anyone. And that has all sorts of ramifications. But... Passivity in what way? Because I'm pretty good at being passive aggressive in certain situations. No. <laughs> <laughs> you are sort of passive aggressive. He says most people are in the most, most people are in the most ordinary sense very limiting. They pass their time day after day in idle, passive pursuits, just looking at things, at games, at television, whatever. They fill their hours talking mostly about nothing of significance, of comings and goings, of who is doing what, of the weather, of things forgotten almost as soon as they're mentioned. They have no aspirations for themselves beyond getting through another day of doing more or less what they did yesterday. They walk across or through the stage of life, leaving everything about it as it was when they entered achieving nothing, aspiring to nothing, having never a profound or even original thought. This is what is common, usual, typical, indeed normal, and relatively few rise above such a plodding existence. And, and the essence of that, from, from my interpretation, is that if you don't step into the activities or whatever it is that is the more difficult option. And that's not to say we should make our, our lives harder for ourselves. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I guess really what that is to say is that just because something is more difficult doesn't mean that we should shy away from it. It's all the more reason that we should do it because in the process of accomplishing the more difficult task, 
it has a compounding effect that we've already talked about over and over. Had we taken the easier route, less conflict, less obstacle, we're not forced to stretch ourselves to overcome Less energy. Yeah. You know, we don't want to be those people that, and, and we're not trying to place ourselves separate. Like we're so much better. Like we are all guilty of these things. That's why we want to talk about them. But being that person that is talking about this $10 million plan of this business that they're going to start up and it's 10 years later and they're still talking about the same thing and have not taken that initial step. Well, they're not taking that initial step because they, they, for a variety of reasons, and this is a good closer to this. I would venture to guess it's for the same reasons that I stayed in a corporate job for almost 20 years and in the same marriage for 17 years and, and doing the same damn thing mm -hmm. for a large majority of my professional life up until now eight years ago. And it's because personal insecurities, fear, mm -hmm. unknowns, mm -hmm. fear of failure, mm -hmm. fear of doing mm, it alone. Like a fool. Yeah, doing it alone or being being mm -hmm. foolish. It's for, for a variety Not knowing of, where to start. For a variety of reasons and having no purpose. And and which is for me personally speaking, and you hear Simon Sinek talk about it all the time in his book, um, but if you don't have a purpose, it's akin to had not it's akin to getting in a, in a car for a road trip and not having any sort of destination in mind. Are you just going to mindlessly wander around the foothills and the mountains and just drive until you, I mean, that's fine. I guess mm -hmm. if you want to do that, my kids and I do that at nighttime, we just listen to music, but having a, having a GPS, having a coordinate and a destination, a purpose for where you want to go for what you want to accomplish and not being afraid to embrace the challenges along the mm -hmm. way will be the sure recipe for failure. And the antithesis of that is just as true. Having a purpose, having some coordinates and embracing all of the challenges and the, and the, and the speed bumps along the way will just be a much surer way of finding success. And it might not be the success that you originally looked that mm -hmm. you originally thought mm -hmm. you were looking for. Right. Right. Because along that way, all of those different obstacles and cascades that, that you're presented with, create more opportunities for you. Yeah. And there's a time and season for all things and our purpose changes as we go. So it might be at one point being the best mother that you can, being the best father that you can. And, and as, as your children grow and different things come and go in their lives, you know, that can change, but mm -hmm. figuring out what that purpose is at that time and how you can improve on it. And surround yourself with people that are inspirators mm -hmm. for you. Surround yourself with, Bad company corrupts good character. We've talked about that in, in a previous podcast. And, and really what that means is that surrounding yourself with quality people who are, who are inspirations to you in one way or another, who are not vampire energy vampires, mm -hmm. who are only looking out for your best interests, who, who are maybe even not even associated with you, but being around them so that you can use them as models mm -hmm. for your own purposes and, and, and what happens is when you, when you do that, when you surround yourself with inspiring people, you tend to have to pull up and become a better version yeah. of yourself just because you don't want to be made a fool by that. Yeah. So what are your takeaways on this? My takeaways are everything that you ever wanted to be, do, have, etc., are on the other side of just starting. Mm -hmm. And once you start, you start to build self-confidence you overcome these challenges that compounds, you become more secure in yourself, happier, healthier. You stand out more like your daughter is mm -hmm. and like you are. 
and it's worth it in the end. Don't yeah. focus. Don't focus so much on on how you're getting there. Focus on what you want to do to get there, and all the things that you're going to accomplish along the way. Mm-hmm. How about you? I think get comfortable with being uncomfortable. Be accountable for it, and realize that this is this is your one shot, your one life. You know, before you know it, time fat plas- passes, and and are you doing what you are meant to do? Even if you don't know what it is, figure out what that is and start working towards it. Yeah, and you might not know what you want to do because I didn't know what I wanted to do truthfully until the last two years, and I'm thirty-nine. And how? How you're not? How many other things has that opened up as I mean, you explore? You become uh, yeah. this great explorer of your own life. Yeah, and and it might be different six months from now, right? Mm-hmm. Also, the other thing is you can't ghost us or hide from us. <laughs> you're like a bounty hunter, aren't you? <laughs> I will find you and I will take your pictures. This is a good podcast. It was. So if you like this podcast, comment below. Uh, we would love to get your feedback on it. And Leave a review. Give us a five-star rating. I always feel like when I do that, remember there was a show a while ago when the, the people would sing and then they'd have to stand in front of the camera and they would be like, Jojo from Seattle. And they'd be like, give me a Dan, give me a Dan, call me. Sort of stuff. You know what I'm talking about? I don't know what. Freakish shows you watch down here in the U.S., but in Canada, we didn't watch garbage like that. That's why I turned off TV seven years ago. All right. Thank you for joining us. I'm Devo. I'm Lisa Staff. And we'll see you on the other side.